Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He ko nai purangi te nei na te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Na mihi and welcome to this podcast from Our Changing World on RNZ. I'm Alison Balance, and one of the pleasures of our summer science series is the chance to play some brand new podcasts made by science communication students at the University of Otago. One of the student assignments each year is to make a podcast on a controversial topic. Asha King made hers on ketamine. In March, I got a Google invite from the University of Otago. It asked me to come in and to do some ketamine. You know, ketamine. The anaesthetic stuff they give to horses. And patients in hospital. The drug which Harold the giraffe tells you not to do in primary school. The stuff which can... If you supply it, send you to prison for 14 years. The Expert Advisory Committee on Drugs has assessed the substance and noted that its recreational use can induce schizophrenia-like symptoms in healthy adults and that there is growing anecdotal evidence of physical and psychological symptoms of ketamine dependence amongst recreational users. Taking this into account, the Expert Advisory Committee on Drugs provided advice that ketamine poses a moderate risk of harm and should be appropriately classified in Schedule 3, Part 4, that is, Class C4, of the Misuse of Drugs Act 1975. So why was the University of Otago formally inviting me to do a Class C drug with them? Around 2000, a group of the states were looking at ketamine for other reasons and gave it to a group of eight patients who had treatment-resistant depression. This is Professor Paul Glue, who works at the university and is also technically my ketamine dealer. They had no idea that it was going to have an effect on patients. And yet, within about an hour or two, the patients started saying, my depression's lifted. Ketamine had helped with their depression. In six years, a second study was run. They got exactly the same results about... Two-thirds, three-quarters of patients had an improvement in mood. For most people, it lasted about three to four days. And for a few people, they stayed well for a week or perhaps longer. This is totally different from how regular antidepressants work. Normally, you'd get someone coming in, same sort of symptoms, you put them on fluoxetine or one of the other sort of standard antidepressants, and it takes about four to six weeks for mood to improve. In terms of people getting completely well, it only happens in about a third of patients. The idea that you've got this super-fast antidepressant that seems to work in patients who just haven't responded to anything else really shook up the whole psychopharmacology field. So ketamine was being used to treat depression in people who were resistant to other medications. And it seemed to be working. Bearing in mind that we really hadn't had any new antidepressants since the first ones were discovered in the late 1950s. Paul decided to take on his own ketamine experiment. 
this one had a never-before-seen twist. The that we've added is that ketamine seems to work in severe anxiety disorders. We've shown that injected ketamine has just the same effects, same sort of dose range, same, same speed of effect, same duration of action as it does in depression. There are some groups in the States who've shown that it works in obsessive-compulsive disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder. And over the summer, with a student, we completed some work showing that it works in spider-phobia. Uh, ketamine can reduce both phobic anxiety and avoidance. We've been trying to figure out why should ketamine have this broad effect over a, a range of different disorders. Now, there is a strand that links all of these disorders together. They're called internalizing disorders. These are conditions where people will have negative emotional states that they hold into themselves. The other part has been looking at different diagnoses that might respond to this. A third aspect is what's the best way of administering it. I was sick of mainstream medications doing nothing for my anxiety and depression. My only other experience with ketamine was at a party. I ended up lying on a mouldy mattress outside and couldn't move. It wasn't great, but I was desperate and willing to give Paul's trial a go. I went to Paul's office and sat in a lazy boy. A brain cap was glued to my head. For ten minutes, I blinked. This was to record my resting brain activity. Then came the good stuff. The ketamine was kept in the same fridge as some yoghurt and orange juice. I later found out that the orange juice was being used for maintenance treatment. It would be mixed with ketamine and taken orally. You know, for the taste. A doctor injected some ketamine into my arm. For five minutes, I was fine. Then it hit me. I was no longer in my body. It felt like the world's frame rate had dropped to slow motion. Paul said something to me, probably asking how I felt. I couldn't understand him at all though. I had, as it is colloquially known, K-hold, frozen completely into an anaesthetized state. I closed my eyes and suddenly I was falling into a vortex made of triangles and fractals like I'd never seen. I whizzed past my entire life, and out the other side into death. I opened my eyes, and then threw up. It was horrible. I sat in the chair for a few more hours, watching my indecipherable brainwaves on a screen. I never wanted to experience that ever again. But when I finally left the office, it felt... different. The pit in my stomach was gone. My hair was slick and greasy from the brain goo, but I walked past strangers on the street and didn't care at all. I went home and made mashed potatoes. They burnt, but it didn't bother me. I ate my burnt mashed potatoes and felt pretty good for the next few days. Actually, I felt really good. After years of ineffective SSRIs, it was an enormous relief. And a week later... I found myself back in Paul's office for my next dosage. If ketamine does work as an antidepressant, what's the big deal? So it does have the stigmas, and there are a couple of reasons for it. The first is that as well as being widely used in humans, it's also widely used for anaesthetizing animals, and this is why it's been thought of as a horse tranquilizer. The second part is that it can be abused, and in the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of abuse in the UK, people would raid vet surgeries and nick the ketamine and snort it. 
in probably the last 20 odd years, there's a lot of black market ketamine that's made, especially in China. And so ketamine abuse has become a, a really big thing in Southeast Asia, as well as the abuse side of things. The long-term heavy usage is associated with a couple of quite specific medical problems. The first is bladder inflammation, so pain in the lower pelvis. It's painful to pass water. You might be peeing frequently. And in some cases, it can cause irreversible bladder problems. The other big complication problems with memory or other aspects of mental function, such as executive function. Now, both of these safety problems are associated with heavy use. We don't see these side effects because people are getting a single dose. There might be one dose a week or one dose twice a week for, for several months in the course of, say, treating a depression. And we haven't seen anything like memory problems or bladder problems. But while we're doing the research, it's something that we'll routinely check on. As for risks, it's a little too early to discuss that. It would be nice to say that there's absolutely no chance of long-term side effects, but if ketamine does get more widely used by psychiatrists in New Zealand, all they can do is closely monitor bladder or memory problems. But certainly the reports of this in the medical literature only seem to be in the context of, of people abusing it, using very high doses on a daily basis or, or certainly a very frequent basis. How on earth did the University of Otago let Paul do this? As an academic, I can research any area I like, unless being terribly unsafe were to be looked at. And so in order to get the study up and running, I need to convince the ethics committee that it's suitable. If we're using an unapproved drug, there's another committee within MedSafe called Scott who have to review and approve this. And there have to be appropriate scientific standards. There's a good clinical practice. And essentially what this says is if you're doing research that involves humans, you need people to give informed consent. You need to have an investigator who's got relevant experience. You have to get good safety monitoring in place. The research has got to be worthwhile and you've got to publish it in a, you know, in an appropriate way. So having commercial sponsorships has made this a much less risky area for the university, both in terms of reputation and if something bad were to happen, that the university would be seen as providing appropriate oversight. And that ultimately this may become well-established treatment over the next five to ten years. Paul thinks that there needs to be some national letter, whether it's from the Ministry of Health, MedSafe or a commercial sponsor. Some kind of education needs to be rolled out to nurses and psychologists. How do you use this treatment? What are the right patients? He doesn't think that it's an impossible task. But there's a pretty significant barrier that's standing between having some novel treatment available and actually seeing them used safely in practice. And will it get more widely used? It has resulted in one drug being approved for it. There's a nasal spray of an isomer of ketamine called S-ketamine, administered a couple of times weekly over four weeks at the same time as you start someone on a new oral antidepressant. It's recently been approved by FDA, by Australia, by MedTape here. The challenge with it is it is going to be expensive. We don't know what the price is here, but in the States it's around $900 US per dose. It's a lot of money. And it still has a lot of the same side effects as if you were giving the drug by an IV infusion or by injecting it. It would definitely be cheaper to buy ketamine off the street. But how is street ketamine different from the ketamine used in hospitals? No one knows. And that's exactly the problem. Paul's way forward in this is to try and focus on the therapeutic side of things. Despite people buying it and trying it recreationally, 
psychiatrists such as Paul still need it as a potential treatment for patient groups. For people like me. We've treated a lot of patients with depression and I'm, I'm very satisfied that um, uh, we're seeing the same sort of results as the people who Ketamine is also gaining popularity as a drug used illegally for non-legitimate purposes. And when used in this manner, ketamine can induce potent hallucinogenic effects, including out-of-body type experiences, whereby the user feels numbness and detachment from themselves. And ultimately, this may become a well-established treatment over the next five to ten years. Many thanks, Asha. Asha King is a science communication student at the University of Otago. I'm Alison Balance, and this was a summer science podcast from Our Changing World on RNZ. You can listen again or find out more at our website, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. Thanks for your company. Mā te wā. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.